This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 58 of the Animaniacast. Listen, the winds of change blow steady, my friend, waiting for one thing. Do you know what that thing is? Uh, someone with a kite? Zod! And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that's dedicated to the animated series... Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, revisiting all the cultural references and gags that we can find, and in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me are my co-hosts, my brother Nathan. Just boo it. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hi there. Hello. Well, everyone, today we are, uh, it's, it's, we have an interesting episode to discuss. It's a kind of a political episode with, uh, with some various filler elements, I guess you could say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, what would you think? If you were to, to summarize this episode in just a few words, what would you say? Uh, Kelly. <laughs> um, <laughs> it. Wow. Um, <laughs> it. <laughs> That's very good I, words. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah get, come back to me. <laughs> okay. Well, Nathan, what would you, if you were to put this into just a few words, Nathan, this episode, what would you say? Well, uh, it doesn't completely stink. It doesn't completely stink. Uh, just half of it. Oh. Yeah, I was trying to come up with something clever to say, and I just, you know, I was trying to like say something about politics and smelly, and but that almost lends itself too well to a joke. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, well, before we get into our discussion and everything, tell us, Nathan, when did episode fifty-eight of Animaniacs first premiere? All right, so it's been a week. It's now Monday, February 28th of 1994, uh, and NATO has just taken its first ever military action in its 45-year history. Uh, four Siberian uh, warplanes were shot down during a bombing mission, okay. violating Bosnia's no-fly zone. And, uh, and in other news, uh, well, well, this bay is officially handed over to Namibia by South America. Well, I didn't. I don't remember that second part, but I definitely remember the Bosnian <laughs> conflict <laughs> when right, I was cool. a kid. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Kelly, do you re- you remember that? Right, I'm assuming with the with all that, right? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> they made a they made a movie about it with uh oh gosh uh Owen Wilson I think it was is he the blonde one with the with the with the with the crooked nose, is that Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson? Yeah, what movie? Was uh, beyond, it? uh, beyond, behind enemy lines, I think it was called, where he oh, got yeah. shot down, nice. and nice. Gene Hackman's the sergeant. I think, yeah, that was about the Bosnian conflict. I don't know. I'm, sure, I'm revisiting. <laughs> this is actually this. I'm revisiting all these things from the '90s. CNN right now has this uh, really uh, cool series called. I think it's just called the '90s. And you can revisit all of these things of 
the political climate and a lot of the pulp pop cultural things as well uh, with their series. So, yeah, there that, you go. That's all I paid attention to in the 90s was pop culture. I was too busy playing Star Wars trivia online. <laughs> well, see, we had Channel 1. Priorities. At- we had Channel One at my school, so we got to you know learn a little bit about what was going on in the news beforehand. And of course, in the early '90s, it was Anderson Cooper who was on Channel One, and uh, yeah, when he was first starting off in his 20s. So there you go, young Anderson Cooper would uh, I'd see him every morning at my middle school. <laughs> so anyway, well, today's episode. Let's before we get to our our two major segments, we have a well, we have some filler to get to. But it's it's pretty decent filler, at least I think so. The first one's called O.O. Ethel. This is uh, basically a slappy squirrel, uh, well, it's a commercial for a, a Broadway sh- production. Must be a one-woman production of a slappy squirrel's uh, salute to Ethel Merman. And, of course, she thinks it's for uh, Ethel Mertz, who <laughs> is, uh, it was like the... It was Lucy and Ethel, basically, you know, and uh, I forget who played Ethel Mertz, but uh, yeah, I love Lucy. It was uh, Ethel Mertz is Lucy's best friend on the show. Ethel crying out loud. All right. Here goes. There's a great business. This is show business. So let's get on with a little skit already. Throw farm fresh produce at Sloppy Squirrel in O.O. Ethel. She sings sort of a no business like show business song, <laughs> sort of. The the version that uh, the Animaniacs would not have to uh, pay, you know, <laughs> royalties for. <laughs> so something that resembles that song and then gets uh, fresh farm produce thrown at her. And of course, this is the promoted is like the reason i suppose that you are supposed to go to the show is yeah. come come to the show to, to throw the fresh farm produce at slappy squirrel it was like it was a you know a somewhat cute thing right there it's just hey it's it's slappy squirrel doing her thing do either one of you have any memories of uh ethel merman because uh i know she's been in a few things that uh, at least uh kelly i know would be familiar with kelly any idea what i'm talking about um... It, it must have something to do with Muppets. Exactly. She was in the Muppet Show. There's no business like show business, like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing. Everything the traffic will allow. Nowhere could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow. And um, I also remember her in um, the movie Top Secret. She has a quick cameo in that. I don't know if you've ever seen Top Secret, Kelly. It's by the people who did the uh, movie Airplane. And oh, it, no. it, yeah, it was by it was their follow up with uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, it's a, in in my opinion, it's right at the same level of uh, of hilarity as as Airplane. Um, in some ways, it's a little it's even better because it's just even more abstract and weird. Um, but at one point they're in a hospital and they say, I think it's an air. I want to say it might quite, quite frankly, it might be an airplane, but I think it's in top secret. <laughs> anyway, it's in one of those Coen brothers films, uh, not Coen brothers films, uh, Zucker brothers films. 
It's one of those. It's one of those films with brothers. I'm getting confused. <laughs> we should just start the podcast. Let's just start over. Okay, and welcome everybody to episode. No, okay. Oh, what's his problem? It's Lieutenant Hurwitz. Severe shell shock. Thinks he's Ethel Merman. You'll be swell. You'll be great. Gonna have the whole world on a plate. Starting here. Start now. Honey, everything's coming up. War is hell. And it's, of course, Ethel yeah, Merman. An it's an airplane. I thought it was in Top Secret. I, okay. Nope. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, you're right. It is in top. It isn't top secret. It's in top secret. It's in airplane. <laughs> Duh. Yes. No. There um, you go. I always think of Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid and Steve Martin saying, "You want to go see Ethel Merman with me?" <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Ethel Merman is just. It's. It's a quite frankly, it's a fun name to just say. And she was just. I don't know. She's just in a bunch of classic musicals and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, so let's go on to the next little filler thing, and it's Yakko basically looking at, uh, what are those called? Rorschach, uh, mm-hmm. tests? Mm-hmm. Yakko, it's time to take the inkblot test. Now, tell me, what does this remind you of? Girls. What does this remind you of? Girls. What does this remind you of? Uh, uh, girls. <laughs> You are obsessed with girls! Hey, you're the one showing me all the sexy pictures. <laughs> kind of an old joke right there. I, I I'm surprised of... that one got by the censors. Right? Yeah, you know, just the word that he's saying, sexy pictures, you know, just, uh, mm-hmm. you think they could have, uh, they would have been told to, you know, reword that joke. You know, you're, t- you're, you're showing me all the pictures of all the girls, but I don't know. Usually I heard that joke and it's like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little more provocative. Like the person says, you know, instead of girls, it's, you know, he says, you know, various female sec- anatomy and stuff. Yeah. It's like, there's, mm-hmm. there's usually it's a little bit more extreme, but in this case, it's just girls. So eh, it's an old joke. Uh, well, before we go on to the main segments, guys, what do you think of these uh, two little uh, filler things? Uh, I thought, I thought Yakko should have said girls at the very end. As a, you know what this last one reminds me of? Girls. And then just shows it as the next cartoon. <laughs> yeah, so none, none of them are none of them are cartoons. That would have been funny. <laughs> uh, Kelly, any thoughts on these first two parts? No, I, I just didn't find them incredibly funny. <laughs> um, I, and, and they used the, you know, oh, I see the next cartoon before. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I saw that coming. That was that was kind of predictable, but but I mean, you know, I I thought it was a cool transition. Yeah, yeah it was something they needed a few seconds and they got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, let's move on to the first main segment, and that is meet John Brain. This is Maurice Lamarche, the voice of the Brain, and you are listening to the Animaniacast. Meet John Brain was written by Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Greg Reyna and Kirk Tingblad. And uh, Kelly, tell us, what happens in Meet John Brain? Brain decides that he wants to run for president. So 
he takes on the name of John Brain and gets Pinky to be his running mate. And also, Pinky is his wife, Pink- Pinkinia. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, so, Pinky's got these, these dual roles where he's trying to help Brain out. And there are a lot of celebrity parodies in the episode. There's um, Larry King, or, you know, his facsimile. And um, Suzanne Summers, Barbara Walters. I'm trying to remember who else. Um, and it, it just, there's a lot of political jokes. And so, Brain, we will keep telling, you know, asking him, why do you want to be president or, or what's your campaign? And he's like, I just, I want to take over the world. <laughs> and they laugh at him because they don't believe him. And he's being, you know, like Brain, dead serious. And, uh, <laughs> He's doing all these uh, interviews and media appearances and, and everything. And, and people, the, the interesting thing about it, and and I think this is applicable no matter where you, you fall politically, is he would say something and people in support of him would turn it around to where it would be, he it would be like he was saying something that they believed in and agreed in. Like they would put their own, um, spin, spin. yeah. They put their own spin on what he was saying, so that it would be palatable for them. And and I think a lot of people tend to do that. They they uh, just kind of hear what they want to hear, and um, and that's that's all across the political spectrum. You know, people go with with certain parties without really listening to the issues and things like that. Um, and I think that it actually made a really good uh, and relevant point in the cartoon. I've been developing my plan for the presidency. Uh-huh. And what is it, sir? I want to A, cut the deficit, B, lower taxes, and C, take over the world. <laughs> I like him. Mr. Brain, you seem to have very large ears, a red nose, and fur growing on your head. There are concerns about your health. I am as healthy as the next mouse, as long as I avoid cats. <laughs> now, what do you suppose it means by that? Well, he doesn't mean a real mouse. He means uh, the little guy, like you and me. And cats, well, he means fat cats. The bureaucratic fat cats, yeah. Oh, I like him. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the satirical point right there was was right on par, I think, because yeah, back in the I think this is really pointing out um, Ross Perot's campaign because he's he's uh, the brain is running as an independent candidate, and he in Ross Perot was an independent candidate uh, at the or candidate at the time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, I'm not and he did a lot of these television. Um, you know, spots continuously. That's how kind of Ross Perot did his thing. He would buy a full half hour on CBS or something and just like people watch me and they even did like the whole uh, uh, flow chart thing, you know, like what Ross Perot would bring. He was known for holding up like <laughs> slides, basically like, you know, paper uh, slides and just kind of point to them all the time. So we learned a lot from the first program from your comments. First, you wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on, and you'll have those tonight. Secondly, we had one news announcer criticize the pointer that I used before. So, 
Since we're dealing with voodoo economics, a great young lady from Louisiana sent me this voodoo stick, and I will use it as my pointer tonight. And certainly it's appropriate because, as you and I know, we are in deep voodoo. Well, let's get right to work. Yeah, this is, um, boy, it was very reminiscent to the last uh, 2016 election, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, where it, it can be very divisive and, and people have very strong opinions and, uh, you know, it, it can break families apart because <laughs> my, my dad and I still have tension. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or our uncles, Nathan will vouch for this. We have two uncles that are <laughs> totally on the opposite side of the political spectrum. And there's been a few family get togethers where we were like, OK, well, Thanksgiving's almost ruined right now. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, I I unfriended a great aunt on Facebook. <laughs> Not not even that she had because she had different opinions. It's just she's just very hateful and negative and just spews like vitriol all the time. And I'm like, I I can't hear that. That's I don't need that toxicity in my life. Yeah. That being said, I mean, my my mom and her best friend are totally on the opposite side of the spectrum politically, and uh, they just don't talk about politics. <laughs> I think that's basically yep. what they oh, yeah. had decided to just do. They're just friends, and they just say let's not talk about that so they can continue to be friends there's ways to make it work yes there is but but you just have to have an open mind and you know just be accepting of other people's opinions and be respectful Mm mm-hmm yeah, totally. Uh, you know, uh, just a, a few other quick connections here to uh, the Ross Perot thing. There, he comes out as Admiral Pinky at one point, uh, his vice president. Mr. Brain, have you chosen a running mate to be your vice president? Yes, I have. Admiral Pinky. No! <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> uh, and then, of course, later he poses as his wife as well, like you mentioned. Are you married? Yes. Let me introduce my lovely wife, Pinkinia. Hello, Barbara! Zod! I am woman! Hear me roar! <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, the Admiral Pinky is a uh, reference to uh, Admiral Stockdale, who was Ross Perot's vice presidential candidate. And he was seen a lot by, in general, by the media as kind of a, kind of a, <laughs> a kind of a goofy guy. Uh, I don't remember much of him at the time other than uh, people just kind of made fun of him as being kind of like a forgetful kind of person. And Pinky, boy, oh boy, in this episode, did he look just zoned out, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, he's just like staring at the camera and just <laughs> just totally out of it. Like he'd been drugged into submission? <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know. No. <laughs> well, and it was just weird that he didn't know what the plan was at the beginning of the cartoon when they're making the sign that says "Brain for President." <laughs> like they're like ninety nine percent done with the sign. He's like, "Well, so what's the plan for this?" <laughs> yeah, as if the plan ever even changes anyway. Exactly, right. the same thing we do every night. <laughs> this is the most direct plan there is, I think, of any. Um, of any of his take over the world plans, I think, though, because when you really think about it, if you want to take over the world, well, you just run for the most powerful person in the world, right? I mean, that would mm-hmm. be the, the, the idea. And that it, would be at least a first step towards it. it exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> this one actually just makes, you know, reasonable sense. If you were a real life, uh, 
dictator, uh, you know, then perhaps this would be a, something that you would like to try to do. We mentioned uh, Larry King or Larry Kling as he was in here and Suzanne Slimmers, who is Suzanne Summers doing her instead of the thigh master, it's the thigh monster in this one. And boy, oh boy, they showed those thigh master commercials all the time in the 90s. Great legs. Thank you. How do you get them? I used to do aerobics till I dropped. Then I found Thighmaster. Every single time you squeeze Thighmaster, you strengthen and tone right where you need it. So it's easy to squeeze, squeeze your way to shapely hips and thighs. I thought I'd never fit into these jeans again. Thank you, Thighmaster. I recommend it and use it. My wife made a point of saying how my mother-in-law even bought a Thighmaster at the time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anybody who actually, anyone else who actually bought one of those things, but that funded Suzanne Summers' career um, for quite some time, until of course Step by Step came around, and then I think she. Oh, I forgot about that show. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. So the the only thing I I really think about that I really noticed that it was just kind of neat was just the amount that the brain looked at the camera in this one. I think it's way over how he the amount that he usually does. He broke the broke the fourth wall quite a bit. Reminded me quite a bit of like uh, Laurel and Hardy. Like Oliver Oliver Hardy does that quite a quite a bit. And this was just you know almost every other line that Pinky said, he would just look right at the camera like, Do you, are, you know, is it just me, folks? Give me a break. <laughs> uh, but are there any other moments that you guys thought were particularly funny or just uh, of note in this one, uh, Nathan? I thought that uh, Brain should have just worn his robot suit, and then he could have maybe been president. That's right, because at the very end, he comes out, and it, you know, the whole plan gets foiled because they just see he's a mouse. And yeah, <laughs> you're right, Nathan. If he just used that yep. robot suit one more time, oh well. <laughs> yeah, Kelly. Anything? Anything that you that comes to mind for you? I I just kept wanting to call him John Bryan. <laughs> because, um, you know, that was it, is it win or lose or whichever one where he is in the, the suit and playing the game show, the guy kept calling him Brian. Yes. So I just, I just kept getting that in my, my head and, um, wanted to call him Brian. So if he wanted to win, he really should have gone back to that, ep- that episode and said, okay, we need to call myself John Brian <laughs> and use the suit. And there you go. It's another election year, so stand and give a cheer for a presidential candidate that's new. He's the rodent that we need, and he's here to take the lead for mom and apple pie, so what do we do? Yeah. We put the right mouse into the White House, cause he's qualified, my friend, to rule the world. He'll cut the tax, he'll save the trees, he'll reduce the price of cheese. He's a fight, son of a gun, and when it all is said and done, they'll agree in both the Senate and the House. That the best man for the job is a mouse. A brain is a terrible thing to waste. Narf. This has been a political announcement for the campaign to put a brain in the White House. Of course, uh, before before we move on, uh, this is uh, this actually turned into a real life thing, basically in 1996. Because in 1996, they in the Warner Brothers store, they had something called "Put a Brain in the White House." And they sold bumper stickers and campaign pins and T-shirts and, oh, my gosh, so many different things. We have 
the magnetic uh, bumper sticker, or at least I, it's at my parents' house still, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, of the put a brain in the White House. Uh, and we talked to Maurice LaMarche about that for a little bit for, I don't know, for some reason I remember <laughs> mentioning it. <laughs> uh, but uh, do, do you remember seeing any of these things around originally, Kelly? I know there wasn't really a Warner Brothers store in your area, but uh, did you there, ever see these? There was one in Atlanta, but I uh-huh. it was um, – my mom never wanted to take us into Atlanta oh. um, because it's big and scary and traffic. Um, <laughs> and so there was one in, in one mall and we, I went to it once, I think with my private, my sister and um, I vaguely remember some animaniac stuff, but not, not the put a brain in the white house. Oh, And, and the store didn't stay there for very long. Yeah, that was, it just kind of, Kind of a bummer. I mean, that was just what happened. I think AOL, if I remember it right, I think AOL bought out Warner Brothers or vice versa. Anyway, the way that these companies, you know, get restructured and everything, they say, you know, that's not making enough money. Shut that down. And so, yeah, it all went away. But Nathan, I mean, you and I used to go there like almost every weekend, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. We have our like major stops every weekend. We go after church and then... Parents would drop us off at the Tucson Mall. We get our food in the food court. Hit what Warner Brothers store, the Disney store, and like KB Toys. KB Toys, yeah, maybe a book, yeah. maybe one of the like Walden books or B Dalton, and yeah, there you oh, go. I miss Walden books. Yeah, all these places <laughs> that are no longer around. <laughs> so. That was my happy place. <laughs> well, uh, well, let's go ahead and get into a a special announcement, folks. Because speaking of putting a brain in the White House, I went ahead and designed recently a an actual put a brain in the White House decal because I missed it. I kind of like back, in, back before the 2016 election, I said, you know what, I, I want to make sure that people can, you know, have these and put them on their cars and everything. And quite frankly, I took one and just slapped it on my laptop. And so... I have a decal that says, put a brain in the White House, and uh, you can find it yourself if you are so inclined. Uh, it's on eBay. You can, I think it's on there. I think it's five bucks or something like that. Free shipping. Ooh. But we had a contest <laughs> on the uh, Animaniacast Twitter. And basically, if you retweeted the post and followed us on Twitter, then you would be in the running. And we had quite a few entries and so let's go ahead and go to oh let's go ahead and go to the announcer uh-huh uh who's gonna who's gonna pull the winner out of the uh announcer's i don't know hat I don't know what he's gonna do after the announcer for the winner. Oh, the giant wheel is spinning. 
And it's about to land on a winner. It is... Oh, it's Kaylee! Who is at Lonero on Twitter. Congratulations, Kaylee! Thank you for ringing the bell there, Bert. Hey, that's enough. And now it's back to the studio with the, well, the rest of the show. Uh, I didn't win. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan, you were not eligible. I know you retweeted it, but you were not eligible to win. <laughs> mm. Well, I say it's rigged or something. I don't know. It's, I'm upset. I'm in this, this, in this case, it is rigged. In this case, it is rigged against you. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, well, I'm sorry, Nathan, but congratulations to our winner. Let's go ahead and move on to our second segment. It is called Smell Ya Later. And Smell Ya Later was written by Earl Kress and Tom Ruger, and it was directed by Rich Ahrens and Leonard Robinson. Nathan, tell us what happens yeah. here in Smell Ya Later. So we have a Slappy and Skippy cartoon. Uh, we have the. So Skippy is trying to steal some nuts from a tree or something. And there's two dogs in the yard, one named Stinkbomb and the other one named Bumpo, which is the grandson of Stinkbomb. And it's kind of like a similar kind of, uh, you know, relationship as Slip, Skippy and Slappy, uh, their grandson and, or something, you know, Aunt Slappy. Yeah, it's a great, you must, she must be a great, great aunt. aunt. Yeah, she has to be, know. right? Whatever. But yeah, it's basically like the role model of this little, and like teaching the little kid how to be you know, funny in a cartoon. Why, Bumpo, that's one of those horrible, vicious tree squirrels. Meanest creatures on the planet Earth and the Basset Hound's natural-born enemy. Oh. It's our sworn duty to chase them, catch them, and shake them like rag dolls. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's what we do. So, uh, they, they steal nuts and play havoc on stink bomb while bumpo is trying to learn how to be a dog or something so uh it doesn't go well for stink bomb because everything he tries to do backfires on him and uh slappy gets all the nuts i guess that's pretty much it (laughs) yeah eventually he gets really stinky right he gets uh flushed down the toilet and then goes into the sewer and eventually at the very end becomes incredibly stinky throughout the whole episode Bumpo keeps yeah. asking Grandpa Stinky if he could be if if he can sniff him. Those squirrels don't get away this time, Grandpa. And you know why? Cause you're a smarty, a smarty every day. Thank you, Bumpo. You're welcome, Grandpa. May I sniff you now? No. Okay. And of course, by the time he finally says, "Fine, sniff me," he's incredibly, really, really stinky. Um, well, apparently, he's he's as uh, never been. St- not as stinky. You know, he's never smelled better, apparently. Yeah, well, he's... <laughs> they showed yeah, the origin. I mean, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the origin of when he got hit by all these skunks or something. I guess that made him stink uh, terribly, and he got a good washing from the toilet, I guess. <laughs> well, sure, maybe that... Yeah, maybe it improved his smell, perhaps. I don't know. Although he was, like... I think, in my opinion, I think he just got newly stinky right there. I think because, what, mm. there was like 40 years of that stunk, that skunk thing to go away. But 
that by the yeah. that, by the way that was really cool i really like that animation of when he's in the the skunk cave and just the how it just blasts out like a stinky explosion i thought look <laughs> i thought it looked really cool gotcha guess again He hasn't smelled the same since. You know, Luke Ruger. We have another one of the Ruger brothers doing a uh, the voice of Bumpo, by the way, just for the record. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Winters uh, did the voice of Stink Bomb. Jonathan Winters, of course, if you, for all you kids out there, he's kind of like uh, he's kind of like Robin Williams, but uh, the original <laughs> Robin Williams, I guess you could say. Uh, you have any memories of Jonathan Winters, either one of you? Wasn't he no, on Mork and Mindy? He was. He played. Uh, he played uh, the son of Mork and Mindy. He cracked out of a giant egg, and he yeah, that was in like the later seasons of Mork and Mindy when it wasn't. It wasn't that great. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember it being that funny. But um, yeah, Jonathan Winters was in uh, Mork and Mindy. But yeah, he was a huge um, an idol to Robin Williams. I mean, Robin Williams really looked up to him and his improv style, his ability to go into different characters, things like that. So Jonathan Winters, he's a, he's, was a very funny guy. Uh, Nathan, any, any particular, do you remember him at all in anything? No, I'm looking at a picture of him now. He doesn't look familiar at all. Ah, I can't believe it. That's so sad. Well, you got to check out some of his (laughs) stuff. It's, it's good. It's funny stuff, Nathan. You, you won't, uh, be sad to check it out. YouTube. Go. Okay. Well, you know, I really don't have much to say about this one other than I thought the the you know, the story is pretty straightforward, but the animation looked really cool. I really like the animation. Anything that you guys really liked about this or anything like that? No. <laughs> I just, I yeah. just thought the whole thing was kind of gross. <laughs> gross in what well, oh, just because of all the stinkiness or what? Yeah, yeah, it just I don't know. <laughs> It just wasn't appealing to me. <laughs> Skippy, I'm dying of starvation here. You got my hazelnuts or what? Uh-huh. Blech. Sorry, but I'm on a low saliva diet. Nathan, what about yeah, you? I didn't find it particularly I didn't find it particularly funny at any scenes or anything, you know, like just kinda it was there. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, you know, at one point uh, that was kinda neat that Skippy said a stink bomb go down the hole. Like baby Plucky, I like that. yeah. So he, so it was, it was Skippy doing a impression of, uh, of course, baby Plucky, and as we all know, Nathan Ruger voiced both characters. So that was kind of that was kind of neat in a meta sort of way. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, they couldn't afford Plucky. I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's too many actors in that thing. Well, too many characters. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Anyway, um, I, I don't know. Again, it, it's so straightforward. It's just you know, it's like almost every other kind of slappy squirrel thing that we've seen. Or, but I, I just like the animation in this one. I thought the the movement of them, the expression of their faces. I thought I really liked that. I think that was all. It almost looked just as great as classic Warner Brothers, you know, animation, stuff like that, of stinking. They're sneaking throughout the yard on their tiptoes and stuff. And for the life of me, I can't remember exactly what that's from, but I've seen that in some sort of Looney Tunes cartoon. It just looked good. I didn't necessarily like the cartoon that much, but the movement of the characters looked really cool. I, You know, that's all I can really say about it. 
is Bumpo supposed to be something? I didn't understand the name. Like, I understand Stink Bomb. <laughs> yeah, Bumpo? I don't know. Let me. Hey Siri, Google Bumpo. Searching Google for Bumpo. Okay, let's find out what Bumpo means. Um, there was a guy named uh, Nathaniel Bumpo who uh, was called Nathaniel slash or uh, Nady Bumpo. He's the protagonist of James Fenimore Cooper's pentology of novels known as the Leatherstocking Tales. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, there's a Bumpo character. But that's Bumpo spelled with two P's. Connection? Read the book. Definitely. Uh. <laughs> right. uh, maybe. He looks like, like he looks like Davy Crockett. Name. I don't know. Anyway, what uh, about Stink Bomb? <laughs> his name was spelled wrong on his uh, uh, his doghouse in one scene. Yeah, it, it said Stink Bomb or something like that, or I yeah. don't know. It, this is just what happens when you have um, you know different countries. I think lettering the the stuff. If I if I were asked to to you know. <laughs> to letter, you know, do the exact Japanese characters, I would totally make mistakes myself, I think. So I think that's just mm. what happens uh, in that, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move on to our last little bits of filler right here. And uh, this uh, next one is basically a commercial. It, it's a, a parody of the Bo Nose uh, commercials from the 90s with Bo Jackson. And uh, the Nike commercial was, you know, Bono's football, Bono's baseball. Except this time, it's Chicken Boo. Bono's baseball. How does Boo know? Boo wears spikies. Just boo it. And... This episode, this little segment, I suppose you could say, is it's written by Paul Dini. Paul Dini? Really? That's cool. Uh, Paul Dini is uh, one of the ex-Tiny uh, Toon Adventures writers, but he also wrote for Batman the Animated Series. So he, I think he created Harley Quinn. He, he did, I believe, yeah. So Paul Dini is a, yeah, he's a, he's a huge writer. So that's kind of cool for him to just do a short little segment like this anyway the chicken boo who we didn't mention apparently became president at the very end of <laughs> the first one uh today with meet john brain by the way chicken boo did you notice how he just goes by chicken boo at the at the end of that Pinky the brain one uh, mr boo is oh, going yeah. up in the polls and he just calls himself chicken boo so people didn't even really realize he was a chicken even though he called himself chicken boo but whatever <laughs> and i well another thing about that poll he was up the entire time, Chicken Boo. That's true. There's a newspaper <laughs> that says Brain is up in the polls, but I guess I, I figured it out. I was like, obviously not all polls. He there's this poll, Chicken Boo's been up the entire time. <laughs> These polls are so hard to believe, though. Anyway, right? Yeah, I, I can't believe polls. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, Kelly, do you remember the Bo Nose uh, things at all when you were a kid? Yes. Yeah, those commercials. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, any memory of all? Nope. No, no memory of Bo Jackson. Nothing None. like that. None. <laughs> they had Bo Jackson. Uh, gosh, what was it? Bo ja Jackson football or something like that for the Nintendo. I remember that was really popular. I don't know. I I remember it was just like a huge. Uh, you know, Bo Jackson was one of those people that kids would look up to just because he did play. He 
well, he was able to play more than one sport. I don't think he played them all professionally. Again, I'm not a sports person. I don't know, but I guess he did. I think he was in the in uh, the MLB and uh, NFL at the same time, at least at one point. Anyway, Bo Jackson. This is all parody of it, parody of the commercials. And, of course, at the end, it doesn't say just do it. It says just boo it. Um, what do you guys think? Any any particular things that that was cute or just eh? It was cute. Yeah. I got uh, the reference. I, <laughs> I always thought he was bad at all the sports he was playing, but yeah. it's understandable. Yeah. Well, he just has feathers. You can't catch a ball when you can't. How do you put feather? How do you put a baseball mitt on a feather? I mean, come on. This is not going to work. So I, I, I got to hand it to Chicken Boo. I mean, he's trying. He can do it or he can boo it. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to the last uh, piece of filler. And it is called, of course, The Return of the Wheel of Morality. It's that time again. To have elective surgery? To change our underwear? No, it's time to learn the day's lesson. And the moral of today's story is do not back up severe tire damage. And both Wacko and Dot think that the uh, Wheel of Morality must be broken. And I think it must be, because it hasn't given us a moral in quite some time at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's turned into a car, apparently. Yeah, apparently this is just, I don't know, not much to say about this Wheel of Morality one, other than, uh, I don't know, Severe Dire- Tire Damage is a is an album by They Might Be Giants. You should check it out if you're interested in that. One yep. of my favorite bands. Anyway, <laughs> any, any, any thoughts on Wheel of Morality, guys, in general? That was a good 10 seconds <laughs> or whatever. I just think I do. I do admire the fact that they just get more and more abstract. You know, they're not. They, they started with a real morality at the very beginning with we're going to give you a lesson at the end of this episode. And they just have just, you know, the, the for lack of a better term, the wheel has come off <laughs> the car, the wheel of morality. I think we've gone through all the segments. So you know what that means. It's time for our water tower rating. Well, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Uh, Nathan, what about you? I'll do two and a half. Two and a half. Why is that? Uh, no reason. No, uh, <laughs> it, it seemed like a lot of filler. There was no overall, like, theme to the episode. The Pinky and the Brain episode was good, but not my favorite, and, uh, I didn't really enjoy the Slappy Squirrel one all that much at all, so. Okay. Kelly, what about you? Uh, I will give it two. Um, I just didn't find it funny overall, and, um... I mean, even the the brain episode, I I enjoyed it, but it it wasn't one of the the top ones. But yeah, I really didn't like the slappy segment. Okay, I am going to give this one three, and I think it's uh, while it's not necessarily the funniest episode, I think it might have the most consistent animation quality of any of the episodes we've seen for quite some time, and it's pretty decent. For the most part, I, I, there's not any segments that I necessarily hate. I don't know. I like the slappy squirrel. I didn't get disgusted by the slappy squirrel one <laughs> like Kelly did. Um, I don't know. I just it, I didn't think it was enormously funny, but I wasn't disgusted by it. So well, that's that's just me. So 
What do you guys think? You can always share your thoughts with us on Twitter, on Facebook, or you can send us an email over at animaniacast at retrozap.com, and uh, you just might hear your thoughts on the show. Well, let's go ahead and get to our poll results from last week. And last week, we asked everybody, which of these Rita and Runt cartoons is your favorite? Hashtag Animaniacs. Hashtag Animaniacast poll. And... Well, we had three choices. We had Kiki's Kitten, Icebreakers, and Up a Tree. Kiki's Kitten, of course, was the one with the gorilla, you know, calling her, you know, basically treating uh, Rita like a baby. Icebreakers had Ross Perot once again. (laughs) And Up a Tree was, well, they they went to a cornfield and Rita got chased up a tree and spent the cartoon up there. Icebreakers came in third place with 30, 13%. I'm sorry, 13%. Up a Tree came in second with 39 but Kiki's Kitten won this poll. It was 48%. Well, guys, what do you think? Which of those three was your favorite? Uh, Kelly. I like Kiki's Kitten. Any, I any, thought it was really yeah? cute. And um, I got the reference to, to Coco the gorilla. So I thought that was um, a neat. Uh, nod and it had gorillas putting on the the ritz and everything there too yeah yeah Yeah. i i like i like kiki's kitten as well uh nathan what about you yeah i'm i'm in agreement kiki's kitten yeah just the best of the three for sure it had the it had you know the best gags it's totally different than most other uh read and runt cartoons i mean there was barely any singing in it it was mostly any runt yeah it's true runt was in the alley the entire time and and it was mostly just Rita getting hurt the in- entire time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, but, you know, it, it was just it was just funny. I just like that Rita and Runt. That's probably my favorite Rita and Runt cartoon uh, we've seen so far, actually. Um, well, maybe Le Miserable Animals might be above it just for the, sa- the songs and everything. But I don't know. It was just a funny cartoon. So let's go ahead and get to our poll for this week. Nathan, what do you got? So uh, the question is, what is the favorite Pinky in the Brain cartoon round like four or something like that? Something. <laughs> There's <laughs> so been a lot of them. The cho- yeah, exactly. Uh, the choices are Brain Meets Brawn, the Helpinky formula, and Meet John Brain. So Brain Meets Brawn is when he takes the uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde formula. The Helpinky formula is some sort of other formula that he uh, gives that makes everyone really tiny. And then uh, the Meet John Brain is uh, today's uh, presidential episode. Okay, so go ahead and head over to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag Animaniacast poll and you can make your voice heard. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get straight on over to some contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you? You can find me on Twitter, folks, at JangoFT. That's me. And Kelly, what about you? I am on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And uh, as for us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And, of course, you could send us an email at Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. And speaking of RetroZap.com, hey, head on over there. There's a lot of fantastic articles every single day. And almost every day, they have a brand new podcast episode out on the RetroZap feed. So head over to iTunes, subscribe to the RetroZap feed, 
and you will get every single RetroZap podcast delivered straight to your device, including this one, the Animaniacast. Mm. Well, I guess that's going to be it for today's episode, so we will see you next week. And, uh, Kelly, you're going to be excited. You may not have been excited for this week's Slappy Squirrel, but something tells me uh, you might like next week's. Uh, you is, know. It, is it Woodstock Slappy? I believe so. <laughs> so... <laughs> Until then, we will see you next week. And for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Genji, are you pondering what I'm pondering? so brain but this time you put the trousers on the chimp this year there is a presidential candidate who's different from the rest he believes in education and if elected will personally teach each of us a lesson he believes in free speech as long as he's the one doing the talking he believes in controlled government spending and promises to spend your tax dollars as if they were his own If you want a president with strong convictions, pick the candidate who spent the most time behind bars. Put the right mouse in the White House. Vote for Brain. This has been a political announcement for the campaign to put a brain in the White House.